Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hey guys, how's it going? You guys doing all right? Yeah, you had a good day at school? Some of you. Well, hey, if you don't know me, my name is Peyton, and I get the privilege of working on the student ministry team. And so I'm getting really excited getting to know some of you, and I love, I love getting to know you because you guys are awesome, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so last week it was a little crazy and different, right? You're like, what's happening? I'm getting filmed. But you guys did a really, really good job, okay? I want to tell you that. But tonight... Obviously, it doesn't look anything like that. So I want to reorient us and refocus to what we're talking about this semester. So we're in a sermon series. What's it called? Shaped. And we're looking at this truth that we are shaped by what we live in close proximity to. Okay? So it's our hope and our goal this semester that we're taking next steps to be closer to Jesus so that he is the one that we are being shaped to look like. So, tonight, are you ready? We're going to dig in. It's the first night of the actual fruit of the Spirit. So, tonight we figured out, or before, we figured out where we were, what our next steps are, and so tonight we start looking at the fruit of the Spirit. So, if you have your Bibles with you, or if you have a device, go ahead and pull it on out. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. You've heard this a lot. Okay. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so this is what we're talking about this semester, all of those different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But we're going to go in order, because we like order around here. So we're starting with love tonight. Everyone go, aww, aww, love. Isn't that nice? Hey, I want to know what you guys think love is. I want to hear, what do you think love is? Sadie, yeah. I like that. I like that. What else? I want to hear from a boy. No boys are raising their hand. What's love? You didn't know. Okay, I'll switch. What's love? You both said caring. All right, one more. Love is love. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Love is love. Well, hey, I'm going to leave you hanging because I'm not going to tell you right off the bat what I think love is, okay? Because I want you to listen. 
But first, so we're living in Galatians 5, but the other scripture that we're going to be talking about all semester long is John 15. You guys remember talking about this with the vine and the branches? Okay, I'm going to read some of it to you, and it's going to be a couple of verses longer than the first one, so I want you to really listen, okay? You can do it. Here we go. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Each branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So here's specifically what we're going to be talking about, okay? Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, that's nice. A little clap. Okay, so Jesus says all of these things, right? He says, God is the gardener, and I'm the vine, and you're attached. You're my branches. Okay? And that's, like, encouraging and awesome. Then he says, now listen. You have to do something. Here's my command. You must love one another. Ooh. So it's probably important to know what love looks like, right? And this is Jesus talking. So he's saying, as I have loved you, love others. And that's our bottom line for the night. Love others as Jesus has loved you, okay? So if you don't hear anything else, hear that tonight, all right? So, cool thing about this um, love that Jesus is talking about is this isn't, I don't know what you might think of love, maybe a fluffy heart pillow or like a little kitty and a little puppy playing together or a mom and a baby and babies are just so cute, aren't they? Or maybe you think of little chocolate hearts at Valentine's Day for love, right? Do you think this is the love that Jesus is saying here? Give other people chocolate hearts. That's nice, but I don't think so either. So get this. The love that Jesus is saying here is a brotherly love. And not like just sibling brothers, but like your best friend, your comrades right? Your bros, your squad, whatever word you use for it. This is what he's talking about. It's a deep love, okay? Deep love. So this is when you would show loyalty to a friend, like I got your back, you got my back. This is sacrificing for your friend and serving them and loving them. Okay, this is the type of love it is. Not all that crazy chocolate and hearts and 
puppies and moms and babies, even though that's great too, okay? So, does anyone in here like to bake? Okay, here's what I need you to do right now. I need you to all pretend like you like to bake, and I need you to put your apron on over your head and tie it behind your back. Some of you do not have your apron on, and you are not protected against flour and eggs. I need you to put your apron on. All right, chefs, put your hat on. You are all now bakers. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna make this recipe for how to love like Jesus, okay? Do you think it's gonna be sweet and delicious? I hope so. Okay, all good recipes have ingredients. Ours is gonna have three tonight, okay? So I need you to remember these three ingredients, okay? First ingredient is humility. Everyone say humility. What's that taste like? The second one, this might be a tongue twister. God eyes. Ew. And the third one, are you ready? Service. Say service. Okay, humility, God eyes, and service. All right, let's talk about our first ingredient. Let's get to know our ingredients. You see, guys, I think if we're going to love like Jesus, um, our first ingredient has to be humility. Now, big word might taste bad in our recipe if we don't know what it is. Humility. Think of it this way. It's not saying, I am just absolutely awesome, and you all are not. Like, I'm the bomb.com, and you're like the p.org or something. And that's like vegetable pea. Humility isn't that. It's not walking around like I'm the greatest, I'm the best. But humility is also not, man, I am the p.org. Like, I'm just terrible. Okay? Humility is like that happy medium where you really know, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm not the bomb. I'm not the best. I'm not better than everyone. And I'm also not, like, terrible and everyone's better than me. Okay? And love, real love that Jesus has given us is humble because there has to be humility in that because let's be honest it's really hard to love somebody if you're like I'm better than you but I love you you can't love someone right and if you're like down here and you're like I'm loving you but like I just feel like really bad and insecure you know loving people has to take this middle ground of humility where you're seeing eye to eye and you're like we can actually have this loyal and deep friendship and we can love one another because we are equals. There's not this weird competition going on, okay? So our first ingredient to love like Jesus, our love has to be humble, okay? Second ingredient, the weird one, right? God eyes. Now I read this in a book, he used this phrase, and I kinda like it because it's kinda weird. But God eyes aren't these like little googly balls, eyeballs that you have everywhere. But I think it would be important if we do reach in our back pockets right now and pull out our glasses, okay? <sighs> Dust them off. All right, you got them on? You just put on glasses, pretend with me, you just put on glasses 
that now allow you to see other people as God sees them. What do they look like? Look around. What do they look like? In order to love others like Jesus has loved us, glasses up here. I want to see your beautiful glasses. In order to love others like Jesus has loved us, we have to have a good and correct vision of them, right? And that goes along with the humility of not looking down on people and not also elevating them to some crazy status. But being able to say, all right, we're both in this together, man. Like, we're both making mistakes, like not doing our math homework on time or whatever, or I'm saying silly stuff to my teachers, but we're in this together. Like, we both, we're in it together, Kira, that's right. We both are people that need Jesus' love, right? So you have your God eyes. So I was a little older than you when this happened a couple years ago. I was in eighth grade. I went with Christ Church, crazy. I went with them to Memphis, Tennessee. Anybody been to Memphis, Tennessee? Cool. So I went on a mission trip to Memphis, and I saw something that I, like, didn't see a lot around here. I'm from Web City. And so we're riding in our church van, and I'm looking out, and I kid you not, there's just people, like, everywhere in this part of Memphis, and they're sleeping on the street, and I'm like, what, what are they doing? Like, why are there so many of them? And it just was this huge homeless population in the middle of Memphis, and it's not something I saw every day around here, so I was kind of confused, and a couple things went through my head. Like, I'm like, well, why don't they do something about it? Like, why are they just sitting there, like? They could be doing, going somewhere getting food or going to work and yada, yada, yada. And it's just like all about me, right? I'm thinking, why can't they do something and fix it? And then I start to look as we're seriously driving just block after block after block of people. And I'm like, okay, this is sad. Like I see people and they're just one person. It's not like families. It's one person. And I start thinking, do they have anyone or are they alone here in this? Do they know that they're loved? Does anyone even care that they're here? And so I'm having this like weird interaction in my mind of they should do something or maybe they literally can't and they have no one backing them up. And I was, I was pretty upset about that, but it gets better. The end of, towards the end of the week, we went to this organization that their whole mission and whole goal was to help these people that are stuck in homelessness. And so they invite them in, and they give them dignity by calling them customers and clients instead of, like, the naughty, the mean words. And they let them buy their own clothes with little coupons they give them. They let them pick out their own food. And they give them counseling and people to talk to that love them and actually sit down with them and say, I see you. I see you. And I'll tell you, through that trip, I pulled out my bad boys that I have on right now, my glasses that give me God eyes, because I was able to say, okay, they're not just sitting here because they want to, or they're not just totally lazy and want the whole world to take care of them, but these are people that have a story that may have no support system behind them. And so I think, you know, when, before I knew Jesus, I'm sitting here and I'm like lollygagging along in life, and I think to myself, that's probably exactly how God saw me. Like, Peyton, 
you could get up and try to do something to like be a good person, but instead he's like, no, she needs community, she needs love. And so our second ingredient to our recipe has to be God eyes, where we are seeing other people for how God sees them and not mean or too popular to talk to, but we're seeing them as people that God loves and that you are loved and so you can have conversation and live in relationship with them, okay? Third ingredient, are you guys ready? I think you need to get out your whisk for this one. Start whisking in your bowls. It's a nice one, ceramic, hmm? All right. Love needs humility and it needs God eyes. And third, it needs service, okay? So raise your hand if you would just absolutely love it if your friend group just made you do things for them all the time they never did anything for you in return. Some of you are such servants already, I feel like. But it, it would get kind of annoying, right? You'd be like, are we friends? Because I'm constantly, like, helping you pick out the cutest outfit or helping you caption that Instagram photo. None of you should be on Instagram, actually. So to love somebody, they're... There needs to be service. And I love, I love, love, love that you guys in your D groups and in your small groups, you get to go and do service projects because hopefully this is all flowing together and you're realizing, okay, most of this starts with me first where I am not just so inward focused about me, but the love that Jesus has given me, I get to extend that to others. And I think service and serving is one of the best ways that we can do that because it's no longer like, I'm just doing all this stuff for myself, but I'm physically expressing that love to someone else. So another story, I'm in Tampa, Florida, and we're working on this lady's house, and it's super hot, and all I'm doing, I kid you not, for like this whole week is like scraping a window, scraping the paint off a window. I'm like, this is so lame. Like, she doesn't even care probably that I'm doing this and am I really helping her? Yada, yada, yada. And so scrape the window all week and then like somebody else gets to paint the window. I don't even get to paint it. I like go scrape floors and I'm like, man, this stinks. But another end of the week comes around and this lady named, don't laugh, her name was Olga. She was German. And she comes and, I kid you not, she noticed every small detail that we did. And she just started tears streaming down her face. And I'm like, oh, it was all worth it. I loved this. I loved getting to spend this hot week, like, scraping paint. And she's, like, looking. She's like, wow, like, the yard looks nice. And you fixed this wall. And, like, everything everyone else is doing. And, like, I don't even care that I scraped windows. But... She literally walked over to her window, and this is outside, and she was like, who did this? And you know, it's like all week people are doing it. She's like, I have been, and it's, it was a nasty red color, and she goes, I have been wanting to get rid of that color for so long because it like reminded her of something and I couldn't catch the translation, but we had painted it like a light blue, and she was like, this was the color that my mom always used to wear in her earrings when I was back home with her. She's like, and this color make, reminds me of her. And I was like, ah! 
So immediately, like, I was shifted from not caring that I just spent all this week, but she got to remember the love that her mom had for her because I scraped the window. And that's, like, not to point, well, Peyton, you're so cool, but that's to say, like, you never know the little things that you do in service that show people God's love. So to wrap up, I need your help, okay? What's our recipe? To love like Jesus, we need humility, God eyes, and service. Okay, awesome. And so I'll end with this. And I love that you said this earlier. You guys know Hillsong? One of his, at the end of one of his albums, or one of the songs, he asks his little son, the main singer does, he says, what is love? And he says, love is love. And I was like, what? That's silly. That makes no sense. Like, that doesn't help me at all. But let's throw this verse up. Um, 1 John 4, 8. If we can. So I'm thinking love is love. That doesn't help very much. But then I'm like, okay, what is love? Well, in Scripture it says that you know, you don't know love if you don't know God because God is love. And so you're mixing your thing up. You're like, love is love. That doesn't help, but that is exactly it. Because Jesus was a humble servant, and because he saw you not as this filthy little crazy thing, but he said, I'm going to come, and I'm going I'm to do what I need to do on the cross and in the grave because I love you so much, and my Father loves you so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself and do this, and I'm going to serve you in this way. So guys, loving people's hard. But because you are loved, you can go and love. So here's my challenge. Love others as Jesus has loved you. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.